The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture, zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. A little bit over, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit over a month ago when we had the convocation, uh, there was just an interesting little story that happened. So two of our priests, we had one night where we were able to go out to dinner on our own, and we didn't have dinner there at the hotel. And so there were two of my brother priests that decided to go out and, uh, and go to dinner together. And so, you know, it's a little tricky. You have a whole bunch of priests in town, so a lot of restaurants, people were booking reservations and everything like that. And so they were trying to look for some place that was reasonably close that had a reservation available. And, um, and so they found the place, booked the reservation. Oh, I finally found a place, you know, they have an opening. And so they got in the car, and then they entered the address into the GPS in their car, and then it said, you have arrived. And then they looked, and they were like, we have arrived. And then they just realized that they booked a reservation at the hotel restaurant. And so sometimes what you're looking for is right underneath your nose the entire time. And um, one of the things that's kind of amazing about St. John Lateran in Rome is that there are things that are right underneath your nose that you would never know are there. Two of the most important aspects that are in that church are you'll be walking around and things are not labeled at all, of course, just like all of Italy. They just sort of expect you to know what's there. And so you walk up, one profound thing that's there is the tabletop of the table that they celebrated the Last Supper on just up, tucked off into a high place right there with kind of a beautiful surrounding about it. And you're like, oh, you know, like it just sort of, it just dawns on you. That's a pretty important relic right there. Another thing that's kind of hidden under plain sight, underneath the main high altar is the simple wooden table that it was said that St. Peter himself celebrated the mass on. 
with inside the altar of that, of that reliquary. So amazing, amazing, these illusions of things that are still under kind of plain sight to us that we don't always recognize. What seems like a pretty normal looking table, but it's truly an extraordinary table, not because of what it's built of or anything like that, but because of what happens on top of it. You know, again, normal bread and wine that become the body and blood of Christ. That's what's so important about that table of the Last Supper and even that original table where St. Peter himself celebrated the Mass. So this is one of the things that is said in the inscription inside of St. John Lateran. And so this is the important thing for us to realize is St. Peter is the church that we always think of as being synonymous with the home church. But remember, Pope Francis, the Holy Father, is the diocesan bishop of Rome. And so that's, that's essentially his main title. But Rome became the place of the, the home bishop of the world as well. So there's an, there's an inscription, though, in St. John Lateran. So after Christianity becomes legal in, in Rome, it's Constantine who basically acquires this land from the Laterani family. So it's St. John Lateran. That's the family who donates the place where they're able to build this basilica. And so that's where they first build the basilica, which is the diocesan cathedral of Rome and where the, where the, the, the popes were ordained. So there's an inscription there in Latin that says, and this is the, the translation, it says, the mother and head of all churches of the city and of the world. So remember, so the mother of all churches in that city and of the world is actually St. John Lateran. So it's a super important church in our world. That's where the cathedra is. So last night I had the opportunity to fill in for a mass at our cathedral um, just downtown. So the cathedral, that whole word, is surrounding the fact that the chair of which the bishop sits is housed inside of that church. That chair is called the cathedra. And so the cathedral of Rome, that is where the bishop resides. That's where he sits. It's kind of his place of office. And so when we read that first reading from Ezekiel today, the most important realization that we have about that whole entire reading is the idea that a church, a temple, was a place where the presence of God and his people would dwell. So it's more than just some sort of a building, right? And then that goes right into our amazing second reading in Corinthians, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, where God can dwell. So there's things that are completely hidden under plain sight, but they're the most important realities for us. So when we think about the dedication of a beautiful and amazing basilica like St. John Lateran, what we really are reminded of is that St. Cecilia, as much as St. John Lateran, are places for the presence of God and his people to dwell. And then when we receive the Lord in the Eucharist on this seemingly normal table, the altar, that altar where something, again, that seems very plain sight to us, normal bread and wine, become his actual presence in this church for all of us to reside with him and then to receive him. And so as I've said it before, we become, like this tabernacle, we're living, breathing tabernacles where the presence of God resides in the temple of you and me so that the encounter we just had with the Lord can be an encounter 
that other people have with us, with the presence of God residing within us. That's amazing, right? But, but again, things that are hidden under plain sight sometimes get kind of normal. They get kind of routine. And so anytime we have feast days like this, they are reminders of us, or to us, of the importance of the mysteries that we celebrate, especially those that get to receive the Eucharist on a daily basis. Um, that becomes a routine in our life. But an important one for those who, receive, who try to receive the Lord every day, that you start to realize it really is your lifeblood, that I could not live without it. And when you're separated from it, things start to feel weird, right? <laughs> you know, things start to feel like there is something missing. What's missing is the presence of God, the closeness you have with God, because you've built a true personal relationship with him. And there's truly no greater relationship that we can have with the Lord than in his body and blood. That's the closest on earth that we can get in the reception of him into our actual self. God bless you all.